Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Dr. Katina Sawyer, and welcome to Thriving at Work, a Worker Being podcast. You can find out more about us on our website at workerbeing.com. You can find us on social, or you can join our community and learn more about all the exciting things that we're doing, especially sneak previews into our research at workerbeing.com slash community. So today we're going to be talking to Brian Nelson Palmer, who is the founder of Productivity Gladiator. Brian is a graduate of Florida State University with a bachelor's degree in management information systems and in his own words has an emphasis on trying all the things and living life to the fullest. He's been a public speaker and an instructor since 2002 and he became interested in continuous improvement as people started to ask him about how he balanced his busy work life with his busy life outside of work. In addition to being in a rock band, he also had a busy work life. And now he founded Productivity Gladiator to help bring a blog, podcast, and workshops to folks around the country about how to better manage their time. We had a really great conversation with Brian. He's definitely of similar mind to us and honestly has had such an interesting life experience. And I think we've learned a lot about some good things um, and how to help us balance our lives. So key takeaways before we dive in. First one. Um, Brian really focuses on understanding the value of your time and how critical it is in helping build the life that you want. Takeaway number two, there's no guilt in saying no. Good reminder for everyone, I'm sure. And takeaway number three, say yes to what matters to you. It's a great conversation. We hope you enjoy it. Hi, we're so excited to have you on the show, Brian. Uh, Brian from Productivity Gladiator. Really excited for you to be here. How are you doing today? I'm wonderful. Thanks so much for having me on, Patricia. I really appreciate it. It's a treat to be here and get to hang out with you guys virtually for a bit and you listening as well. So we're really excited to dive in and learn more about Productivity Gladiator and everything that it entails So if you wouldn't mind to just jump in and give us some background, how did you get to the place that you decided to start Productivity Gladiator and anything else that you think would be helpful for listeners to know about your journey? Sure. Well, as a little bit of context, Productivity Gladiator is my platform. It's a training program. It's basically a system on how to uh, maintain life balance, work-life balance, and then, of course, also uh, handle the... uh, it's life balance and personal productivity. Those are the two kind of areas that we cover. So it's a series of four workshops and I come in and teach uh, training courses to employees and in organizations and, uh, and businesses about it. So the, that's the premise of it itself and where it came from is I don't actually get to share that very often. So I appreciate the chance here. It's, (laughs) it actually came from uh, my, uh, my friends or colleagues asked me, how do you do it all? Or how do you keep track of everything? And I know for a lot of people that they have a lot going on. And for me to give a little bit of context at the time that I started Productivity Gladiator and the idea to actually start teaching people some of this stuff is I had, of course, my day job. I'm top performer in my my day job, my 40 hour a week job that, you know, paid the bills and that kind of stuff. I was also a drummer in a rock band. Fellow Craft was the name of the band. So actually, if you go on Spotify or any of your platforms and look up the word fellow and the word craft together as one, that's my band. So you actually see my picture on one of the albums and stuff. So I was the drummer in a rock band in the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, I also was a fitness instructor. So I I taught four group fitness classes a week. 
Um, so that was a sort of my fitness plan, but I also, I got paid to go to the gym, which was kind of nice. And then <laughs> at the same time, I also had a syndicated weekly FM radio show and podcast at the time called DC music rocks. And I think you can still see YouTube videos that some of that remnants is around, but uh, that was a while back. Um, but I was also doing that. And at the same time, of course, I was also a single guy at the time. So I was dating and then I was traveling for fun too. At least once a month, I was off gallivanting somewhere a couple of times a year, I'd be out of the country. So I really just, I, I felt like I was just uh, rocking with this whole life thing. Like it was just, oh, it was so, I felt so good about it. And those were the questions that I kept getting is, man, Brian, how do you do it all? And how do you keep track of everything? How do you not let the ball drop? Because my band was relying on me to be able to perform top notch and hit my notes and be prepared for all of our performances. And so all those things require the preparation and keeping track of all that stuff too. And so for me, I realized that I, I had a system for how I did that. How do you maintain the life balance and how do you handle all this stuff that's coming at you all the time. And so my thought is, man, you know, it's awesome to know this stuff and to get to experience it myself because I've just, I feel so fortunate with the the life that I, and the opportunities that I've had, but I also wanted to see if I could teach it, if I could help other people so that when they ask me, I could say, you know, how do you do it all? Oh, let me show you here. I have this. And so that was my challenge to myself was to put that together. And that is where productivity gladiator was born. That is, I mean, I'm like tired just thinking about your schedule <laughs> that you were <laughs> describing. Um, I mean, it sounds amazing. And Katina and I are, are definitely guilty of doing a lot of different things at the same time too. Um, and I think a lot of people relate to like someone that's made it work for themselves. So I think that's really cool. That's how you approach this and um, and also saw the need based on what people were saying to you. I think that's also really important is um, kind of finding those uh, like secret talents and secret skills that you have that maybe you're not even aware of fully yourself until people start to bring it to light and then taking advantage of it and turning it into something that other people can benefit from. I think that's great. Um, I love it. It's a great story. Um and I think a lot of people can learn from all the things that you did. We're able to balance and still feel good. That's the biggest piece, right? The fact that you still felt good with doing all of that. That's huge. Absolutely. It's, you know, that's the life balance piece, right? It's like, I yep. not, it wasn't just a lot of the day job. It was the day job. And then all of this other really fun stuff. And mm-hmm. so that was the part that was like, okay, let's, let's, I want more of that for everybody. Let's, let's figure this out. Let me share this stuff. And such rich stuff too. Like I'm definitely going to check out your band. Um, but <laughs> I appreciate it. I don't benefit from that at all. However, it is really fun to be able to say in conversations, my pictures on Spotify, like I can pull it up on my phone and show you me my pictures on the front of our first album for fellow crafts. So if you look at the discography, I'm there. And that's just like one of those fun bar stories when you're at happy hour, like, Hey, you know, here's a uh, open up Spotify. Let me show you something. Like it's kind of just a, it's one of those random things. It's really fun. Totally. That is really fun. I, yeah, I think that's awesome. Um, but what I was going to say is, so since you've kind of figured out what that balance looks like for you, like you said, and we're kind of helping people out, what are the highlights of things that you do to help people live a life like yours where you have a great full-time job, but then are able to have a rich, um, personal life as well? So one of the things that I, I certainly love to share that's a, one of the, as I started getting into sharing it with my friends and how do you do it all, one of the things that comes up a lot is creating more time, creating more hours in the day. 
And how do you do that? And so one of the things that I've done, I actually did a, a TED talk on this in June. So you can certainly, I'd love it if you check it out and check out the TED talk, because it kind of goes into a little bit of what I'm going to chat about now, but at a deeper level. Um, I created a, I call it the time value calculator, but basically I created a way to put a value on what your personal time is worth. So this is outside of work. When you're in your personal time, what's that worth? And then once you know that, how does that change your life? And so some examples are such as, right, I, I don't run errands ever. I haven't run an errand in, I think, 18 months was the last time that I ran an errand. And that's because I get everything delivered and that helps to create more time in my life. So it's not that I'm opposed to going to the store, but if I have to choose between band practice and getting ready for band or a performance or something and go into the store, I, I'm happy to ha let them deliver the groceries to me or uh, different. There's all these different things that it's basically establishing, you know, the, all that phrase that you've heard, it's not worth your time. Well, if you know what your time is worth, then it's and you have a number for it that makes it easier to see when it's not worth your time. And so one of the ways that comes up, we talked about errands or another one might be, is it worth it to have someone clean your house versus you doing it yourself? And so if I know that my hourly, my time, my free time on my weekends is worth $25 an hour and it's possible for me to have, and that takes me four hours, that's a hundred bucks worth of my time. And if I can have somebody do it for less than a hundred bucks, then maybe that's worth my time to have them do it. And that frees up my weekend. And so it's those concepts. And so that, that one concept, the value of your time is one that just pays dividends because it helps you recognize when you, when it's worth it to almost like buy back your time in a way, when's it, when's it worth it to spend a little money to get that time back. And so that's how you're able to create more time in your life. And so for you listening, if you go to productivitygladiator.com on the very first page, if you scroll down, it's just two or three scrolls. There's a, it's the time value calculators and click on the button for the time value calculator. And it's a very simple little online calculator. You can plug in, you know, how it asks you a couple questions, how long you uh, work, including your commute time, how much you sleep and what's your uh, annual take home, your, your annual net pay before taxes. And what are your gross pay? I guess that would not be net. That would be gross. What's your gross <laughs> pay? And then type that in and it will, it'll actually calculate it all for you. And it'll tell you what your personal time is worth, what your work time is worth. But what I've really found over the years is that by having a number, it helps make some of those decisions easier and it helps people see when it is it worth my time. And that really gives you an answer to that question, which I think is really cool. And so that's been really helpful. I really like that formula that you just laid out and something that I think is interesting about it. It resonates with something I heard a while ago at a panel, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this or if this is something that you discuss as well. But in addition to sort of weighing things out in terms of how much your time is worth, also weighing things out in terms of what people actually expect from you. So I was hearing this panel of um, female executives, and they were talking about how they really struggled with the idea that they didn't seem to have time to get everything done that they needed to get done in the day and cook dinner and that they felt like their families expected from them that they would cook dinner. And when they sat down and actually asked their family members, how much do you care 
about whether or not the meal that you eat was made by me or not. They actually were like, we don't really care. And so um, so it was like this <laughs> expectation check as well of, hey, you know, I'm spending all this time thinking that the people in my family are really wanting me to do this. And the reality is that's not even an expectation that they have. It's an expectation that I sort of learned from society and that I'm just sort of adopting. But we've never actually had a conversation about how important it is to them. But in a flip side, you know, maybe you're a dad or a mom and your kids are saying, you know, my baseball game's coming up. Maybe it's really important to your kid that you're at the baseball game, right? And so you try to make that a priority, but you can't prioritize everything. So in addition to understanding what your time is worth, there also might be a piece around it of what what is actually necessary for you to be doing. I I love that, Katina. And the, I want a yes and. Uh, yes, establishing if it's worth your time is certainly, the, is that's, what you're talking about is really important. And to add to that, the the being able to see when when it's worth your time is the extra is the extra piece, right? So you just talked about if somebody's going uh, that your little kid has a as a game coming up. And so you want to make it to Johnny, little Johnny's game. Well, if that means that what's what's that worth to you? And there's a value to that. So in in the like if if your time's worth twenty five bucks an hour and little Johnny's game is three hours, then that's worth seventy five dollars to you. So if something else has to give, like preparing the meal has to give in order you for you to make it to little Johnny's game, then if you know that's worth seventy five dollars and it's only going to cost you thirty dollars to get to have the meal taken care of, so that you can do this thing that you know is more important, that's that's a really powerful way. It's almost like giving yourself permission. I think my favorite example of this is I was, I was, when I was preparing for the Ted talk, I was sharing the Ted talk with a lot of uh, different audiences to practice and such. And and I'll never forget. There was a a woman named, uh, we're going to call her Andy to, to share, to save her name. But uh, she, Andy looked at me and she said, you know, the thing that you just gave me permission with this is to say no to a lot of things. And I think that plays into what you what you were saying, uh, Katina, because it's, uh, for example, if you know your time is worth $20 an hour and you have a friend that asks you to hang out and that particular friend drives you crazy or is very negative. You know those people in your life that are just, oh, they're like leeches. They just, they suck <laughs> the energy out. They're kind of negative or whatever. And so it's, if they ask you to hang out, a lot of people are people pleasers and you, this Andy was a people pleaser. And so if her friend asked her to hang out, she felt guilty for saying no. But you know what she didn't feel guilty about is two hours to her was worth $50. And so saying no because they asked was one thing, but saying no because she was going to spend $50 of her time hanging out with this person that just sucked the energy out of her, that it was like permission to say no. And that that was the other thing that was that was really cool. And I think that plays into what you were saying too with, is it worth it to prepare like those executives that wanted to prepare dinner. Well, if they have div- dinner delivered instead, or they were to batch it. So they, they, they get one of those meal services like hello fresh and it's just delivered. And now it's an activity that they can do with their kids instead. And they can make dinner together, but it takes no time because it's already there. And all you have to do is spend 30 minutes in the kitchen finishing it or that, that some of that gives you, it kind of gives you permission. 
that my time is worth something and I know how much it is. So when's it worth it to spend, find better ways to spend it? I think the power of saying no, like what you've described here is like a really good way to kind of wrap up all of those pieces because that is really what it comes down to it is if this tactic to think about how much money <laughs> it costs for you to spend that time, um, what's the value of that time is the way to help you get to say no, that's key, right? Then do that. Do what you got to do to like remind yourself that yes, you have that permission. You can do um, you can prioritize things that matter to you, matter to your family, matter to the people you care about, the things you care about, what you want to be doing, and and not worry about those other things that are really kind of draining your energy and costing a lot of time that you don't have that could be better spent. Um, so I think that's, yeah, the permission piece is really important is, you know, give yourself permission and give yourself those outs when you need them. Like if you're feeling like you don't want to do something, you're dreading that moment, you're probably prioritizing in- incorrectly, right? If you're dreading something so much, then reevaluate that. That's a good signal to think about it again. But with the people that you've worked with on this, so you've helped people kind of think about the value of their time differently and the value of the different activities that they're doing differently. What are the results that you've seen when people have implemented your tactics? There is, there's a lot attached to being worthy because when you know how much your time is worth, then it gives you permission to say no and make different choices. Like one of the examples that I have actually for me, I grew up, my dad was the guy that would drive to the neighboring town to get gas because it was cheaper. So every Saturday he'd go to, it was, I, I was outside of Atlanta. Any folks, any of you listening that are fr- familiar with the Atlanta area, I lived in a place called Peachtree City, which is south of the city. And Fayetteville <laughs> was the next town over. And it was a 45 minute drive on a quick day to get the cheaper gas. And so my dad would save 10 cents a gallon by driving 45 minutes to get it. And the car wow. only took about 12 gallons. So, but he was, he was programmed and a lot of people are programmed to save money, save pennies. And I came from one of those families. And so it wasn't until in my late twenties that I started to actually recognize, wait a minute, my time is worth something. And so now that I have a number for it, I think that's, that's a big piece. So to, to kind of answer your question also with that as context, Patricia, to answer your question, some of the challenges that I see that people are often face or what they, what they, here's what happens. They, what they get is a better sense of relaxation and it calms the overwhelm because you have a system to approach all the stuff that's coming at you all the time. So uh, productivity gladiator training is about the value of your time, but we also talk about life balance and what that looks like and also how to handle all the email that comes at you and all the other stuff besides email that comes at you. So that's a, that's an overview of the, the four workshops that make up productivity gladiator training. And from that, there's a sense of calmness where you have a system to handle all the stuff that's coming at you. Your kids have requirements. You got little Johnny soccer game we were talking about. You got to make dinner for the family if that's something that you do. There's time with family. There's time with friends. There's all these pieces. And so having a system to not only recognize what's important and where can I fit these things in, but then also help to kind of prioritize and plan it 
is really helpful. So there's a sense of calm and a sense of I can handle it that comes from it. And on the flip side, the challenges, one of the hardest things with it is that the world is almost kind of set up against you because if taking that example with the, you know, the, the working mom who, who feels pressure to make dinner for the family or something, uh, there, there is always a pressure from society to continue doing what everybody else does. So there's going to be a social pressure that comes with, you know, making that dinner. If you order it out, what is that perception of other people? And sometimes that perception of other people makes us make different decisions. Or there might be habits. You have certain habits that keep you doing the same things. You have a habit of uh, cleaning the house on Sundays or something, or you have certain habits that you choose that, that keep you in the status quo and the status quo is overwhelming. Or, and then of course, everybody always wants more. Your bosses always want more. There's always more work you can do. There's always more you could be doing for your family. There's more to do for the house. There's more to do for taking trips and travel. There's more to do for uh, listening to podcasts. I mean, here we are. We hope that people will listen to this podcast. That's an ask of somebody's time. Or there's always more. Read this. Listen to this. Your friends come in. Oh my God, did you see that show? There's like this whole social pressure about... Did you watch the latest TV show? Did you see what happened on uh, whatever that the latest show is, the Game of Thrones or whatever it is that's happening? And and so by having a system to know what's important and where to say no, the the world is going to keep you going in the frustrated state that you're in. And so having a system and having the courage to stand up and start to say no to some of these things and change some of those things, the social pressure is going to look at you like you're kind of weird. I can't tell you how many people think that I'm weird because I don't run errands. Like I, I and I got to be honest, guys, even in my house, my better half, Nikki, Nikki still goes to the store sometimes and I <laughs> straight up refuse. And it, it it takes a little bit of getting used to, but she knows that that's the way that I am. And so I will pull out an app and whatever it is we need, it will be delivered. And she likes to go to the store. So for her, it's not a loss. It's not a waste of her time. She gets joy from that. So I'm not trying to take away going to the store, by the way. If you love going to the store, go to the store. If that's the joy for you, then then do it. But I want you to pick the things that bring you joy. And I think that's that's a big thing that comes from the change. Yeah, I think a lot of what you're talking about is that people sort of go through the motions of what you see in your house, what you see people do when you're growing up, what societal pressures there are, but they don't take a lot of time to think about whether or not the way they're spending their time is actually dictated by what they want or whether it's just a habit or whether it's something that maybe other people expect, but they're not people that are particularly important to you. So you were mentioning like, you know, getting a phone call from somebody that you're like, oh, this person always sucks the energy out. And I've heard of people more recently saying, you know, um, just because someone is in your family doesn't mean that you need to take like three hours worth of stressful phone calls from them every week. Like you Oof. can contain um, your social interactions in a way that makes sense. And, and so I think, um, you know, part of what you're saying is to take control over it and really be thoughtful about providing yourself with a schedule that actually supports what you want to do. And there are always going to be things you have to do that you don't want to do, but you can minimize those things. And there will probably always be things that you kind of do mindlessly, but you don't have to do. You can get rid of those things. 
So it's like kind of like doing like spring cleaning on your schedule to give yourself some control and autonomy back. And I really liked what you said before about feelings of worthiness that, you know what, it's every single day that you're living, you're following a particular schedule, you're putting your time and energy into something. So being thoughtful about how you're doing that is an act that actually demonstrates to yourself your own value, right? Like it's worthwhile for you to spend time doing that because it matters how you how you are spending your time. Um, so I really like that um, kind of uh, focus on gaining some control and autonomy back. Absolutely. I, I think, and one of the things I want to tag on to what we're talking about here, because oftentimes a lot of the conversations I have in these workshops are a lot of the things that you could not spend your time on. Everything we just talked about are things that you could not spend time on if you don't want to. Errands or people that are negative or those kinds of things. And so oftentimes in the workshops, we spend so much time on what not to spend your time on. I want to take a moment to share that what are the things that I hope you do spend your time on? What is worth your time? And so the, the game changing moment for me was years ago, I read an article by a woman who worked with patients of all ages in hospice. And for six years, she kept track of the thoughts and advice that these people shared in their like final moments, their final day here. And the, the most, here's the most common thing she heard, be a better, more loving spouse, parent, or child. Do more for others. Don't spend so much time working. Life balance is important. Take better care of yourself and take more risks. And so if you think about those things that I just said, those, if you're making choices between going to the store or the person who's that negative energy or the phone call from a relative for three hours, like Katina just said, if, if you have a choice between that or being a better, more loving parent, spouse or child, or, you know, doing more for others, maybe volunteering, or there's, there's a lot of things that are, that are worth it. And so from these people in their final moments, that was their advice, looking back on their life when they don't have any time left, that was their advice. And so I want to make sure that I pay that forward because that's, that's a good thing to keep in mind for what is worth your time. And so just think about that when you're, when you're making these decisions with how you spend your time. I think um, the thing that you're talking about too, in terms of knowing your worth, like this is something I've been thinking about this whole conversation. So I feel like I'm going back a step, but <laughs> something I wanted to mention is I think, I know you have the calculator, which I think is a great tool. Um, I actually just went on and like played with it to see what it looks like for me. <laughs> well, you want to share um, your number? What's it? What's your, oh, what's your personal I? time worth? Uh, $67 an $67 hour. $67 an hour. There you go. Yeah. Patricia Boy. Isn't that a game changer? If, yeah. if that's the case. And by the way, $67 right? an hour is not necessarily indicative of how much money Patricia makes, just for the record. It, <laughs> it's, there's, a, there's a denominator to the factor about how much sleep Patricia gets and how much time she works and all of that stuff. So it, I don't want you to think, oh, that's a big number or that's a small number based on, it's just not, it's not just her salary. But man, $67 <laughs> an hour. It's a good number, boy, right? That, you know? That, that you might better tell yeah. your dog yeah. that uh, he better learn to walk himself. It's costing you a lot. Of <laughs> got to pay up. He's got to pay up. Who well, um. <laughs> can, can I? Oh, Patricia, by the way, if you don't know about it, there's a service out there. I One of the things we talk about is I've got 100 <laughs> hacks to get time back. And one of the funny ones for the dog owners, because you just said the dog walks itself. There is a service called Duty Calls. 
uh, and it's <laughs> like D-O-O-D-Y or whatever. But if you don't know about this, I think it only costs about 10 bucks, but they show up once a week and they pick up all the dog poop out of your yard. <laughs> Whoa. And so in terms of how do you spend your time, is it playing with the dog or is it cleaning up the poop out of your yard? And for 10 bucks, you could have somebody else do that so that you could go to the park <laughs> or hang out with the kids. You know, that's, well, Patricia, for you, for $67, hell yeah, duty calls is a thing. Get on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Definitely thing. But I think going to the number, though, I think it's also really important for people to know their worth that, you know, even if, uh, like, whatever the number is, like, you can always add more to it, right? If something you value... Um, you don't have time for normally and you're thinking about like what actually matters to you. I think it's just important for us, um, especially women, Katina and I struggle with this all the time, is valuing our time and how much we charge people, for example, right? Um, We always underestimate, always. And I think that's important here too. Like don't underestimate your value when you're thinking about your personal time. Like we have a tendency of doing that and I think it's good to like, pump up that number. You are worth a lot more than you personally will often give yourself credit for. Can, can we absolutely say that if you work two extra hours, that's two hours of your free time that's taken away. And that's time that you could spend with family or time you could be doing things that you want to do. And I feel like it's this unfortunate situation where everybody just has this expectation that they can ask for more time. And so hell yeah. Mm-hmm stand up for that and be like, no, my, my time is worth something. So if you want it, you can, you can let's trade. Let's not just have me sacrifice my time. What, what's, what's in it for me. And, and that's, you know, there, there's an expectation that you work a certain amount or like 40 hours a week or whatever the expectation is. But if you're going to work extra on a project, then it's not unfair. You're now dipping into your personal time to do this extra thing for work. And I feel like sometimes for women, it's, it's this sort of unfair thing that happens where you should be more generous. You should be more giving. Why are you being, you know, why aren't you being a team player by pitching in and sacrificing? Well, I mean, my time is worth something here, guys. So that's big. Totally. Yeah. That's a good reminder for us. Um, especially as we have been, uh, asked to do things and then been asked uh, if we want to get paid in encouragement or praise. <laughs> that's a, that's been an interesting one. We're like, actually, m- real money would actually be better. Um, but yeah, so um, so we are we're so excited to have had uh, the time to talk with you about this, and obviously, it's gotten our wheels turning quite a bit. Is there anything else you want to tell us about yourself or your work before we turn to? A fun final question. Oh, a fun question? Oh, don't tease me. This is cool. All right, <laughs> let's do it. But first, let me, I, a couple things that I'll share. One, I do hope that you'll go check out the TED Talk uh, because that's been out there and that's been a really, it was a really cool experience to get to uh, go through that. And I know Patricia and Katina, if you haven't already seen theirs, by the way, um, public service announcement, they have some too. So make sure you watch <laughs> theirs. But I, I certainly hope that you'll check mine out. You can look it up by my name. Um, and I also do, I had the privilege of having Katina and Patricia both on my podcast. Uh, I also have a productivity gladiator is the name of my brand. And I have a, a show as well. And I talk about life balance and personal productivity. And so if that's something that is in your wheelhouse, I certainly would invite you to come and uh, check out the show. Cause I, I would love to, that's one of my ways to pay it forward. That's actually, I do the show because 
uh, I'm not trying to be famous on as a podcast. I'm not trying to make any money on a podcast. I've actually, I told you earlier that I had a syndicated FM radio show and a podcast for four years. And I, it was a huge, it was a big deal in the DC area. And it was this cool thing. And I, ultimately trying to make a living doing that is, is a big challenge. So uh, I do the podcast because to me, this is a great way for me to keep in touch with people. I teach these workshops uh, in for businesses and organizations. I teach a lot of project managers and program managers this stuff. And uh, one of the things, I don't know about you, but at, at work, oftentimes there's a there's a moment at the end of a training, you go to an all day training and then the instructor puts their email up at the end of the day and says, Hey, you know, keep in touch. And you're, and you walk out of that room and you never email them again. There's no reason to keep in touch. And so this is that this show is my offer to, I want to keep adding value, not just keep in touch with me because, but let me keep sharing some of this cool stuff. So time hacks and life hacks, and they're, oh, they've got so many, everything that would be a blog post now becomes a show. And I get to talk to really mm-hmm. interesting people about it too. And I love it. So I certainly would love to share it with you as well. So thanks for checking it out. Yeah, I have to say that your show was one of the most fun that we've been on. So definitely check it out. It's a great show. A lot of fun. (laughs) Patricia, you're making me blush over here. Stop it. Stop it. Flattery gets you everywhere. You go, girl. (laughs) Hell yeah. Bring it on. (laughs) It was awesome. It was awesome. It was a really fun experience. And not just saying that because you're here. Even if you weren't here, we would say the same thing. (laughs) Um, Jugs. Thanks. But do you want the final fun question? Hit me. You tease me with it. Let's go. (laughs) So since your background is in both music and fitness, the question that we have is around being a baseball player. So if you imagine you're a baseball player, what song do you want to play when you go up to bat? Oh, I know this answer without a doubt. I've actually, (laughs) I've pondered this one. Does that make me a nerd? But I, so here's my, my funny story is. I don't, if you were in the Washington, D.C. area around the time when the Nats run, won the World Series, if you remember, there was the Baby Shark craze. Do you remember that Baby Shark song? Yeah. That oh, was yeah. Like yep. Huge. And that came from that one baseball player. That was his walk-up music. And I went and saw a Nats <laughs> game, and people lost their mind when the Baby Shark song came on. And if you actually listen to the song, I, I didn't. I didn't quite get, I'm a music guy, right? I was a musician. And so like, I I didn't quite get it, but the fever that was wrapped up in it and the energy in that stadium was magical. And so that's what I would want my walk-up song to be. So, and (laughs) by the way, here's one other fun random fact about me is that I, earlier, I was in a salsa dance company. So I, I openly admit that I am a, I'm a white guy but I'm happy to surprise people on the dance floor because I used to teach salsa, merengue, and bachata. And Mm. I used to teach and perform it all over the state of Florida, and it was a lot of fun. So I share that background to then tell you that the Cupid Shuffle, hands down, is the song (laughs) that I would want playing. Because everybody, if you've been to a wedding reception in the last, I don't know how many years, it doesn't matter how drunk you can get, everybody (laughs) how drunk you are everybody can do the cupid shuffle it's very simple true and i want a dance party when i come up to the plate so (laughs) hands down cupid shuffle that's my answer. love it that's an awesome that's amazing good pick uh we always turn turn the lens on ourselves as well so patricia what would you pick I was going to say, don't leave me uh, hanging here. You didn't put yeah. me on the spot to not share. <laughs> Come on, girls. Let's go here. I know. I know. Um, I'm the worst. So 
I, I've been thinking about it as you've been talking to and trying to figure out what on earth would I do. So my like secret shame favorite band, I don't know about secret shame. They're great. But I've all, when I was a kid, I grew up loving Savage Garden, like obsessed. <laughs> obsessed. I knew this about Patricia <laughs> and I love when new people discover it. Oh my God. It is That's so random. So I know. <laughs> I, for I everybody listening, if for you listening and for me and Patricia, the next time we're in the same town, we're going to go karaoke <laughs> because, girl, I want to see you sing. I, I want to oh, see man. it. Oh, man. It's garden karaoke. Let's go. I know every word to like every song um, in Savage oh Garden. God. So I don't know which one, which though. Song, yeah, which one would it be? <laughs> that's the hardest part. So like I love the song Affirmation, but I feel like it's not a pump up song. So that's no. not going to be the one. Um, I was thinking like. Uh oh gosh, like there's the break me shake me song. Maybe that one. Yeah. But it's like kind of not like positive, but it's still like a fun song that I like to sing along to. So bas I'm stuck. I don't know. All of Savage Garden. It would just rotate <laughs> on a rotation. <laughs> hey, should I come to bat? Different Savage Garden song. There we go. <laughs> I can I, can I make a request? You're allowed to play up to 30 seconds of a of a sound bite of a song without having to get permission or whatever, or all of that on a podcast. So I'm just saying in the production of this, I hope that you play just 15 seconds of each of these songs. So I want everybody <laughs> to hear the Savage Garden song songs that you're talking about because i know when you started talking it was like wait which one is that and after this i'm going to totally go listen to it so you should totally put a 15 second clip in there i'm a real fan i don't pick the popular ones that everyone knows okay deep cuts baby yeah bring the deep cuts yeah so katina i'm curious if you're going to be honest about your secret love you know what (laughs) i do have a secret band love which i will reveal but that's not what i would pick for a baseball pump-up song so I love Hanson, the band. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. You 90s girls. Look at you. Savage Garden, Hanson. But that's not okay. what I would pick. That's not what I would pick. When I was little and I used to drive around in the truck, in my dad's truck with him, he would always play Sticks. And I feel like the start of Sticks Renegade would be really good to come up to bat in a baseball game. So mm. I pick Sticks Renegade. But that's not to say that Patricia, I will not leave Patricia alone in her embarrassing revelation. I also revealed that Hanson is a band that I enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She's a real play, She's a real fan too. She's seen them like a million times. I am a real fan. It's, it's not a lie. So anyway, <laughs> before we reveal anything else embarrassing about ourselves, um, it has been so much fun having you on the show, Brian. Um, we've loved talking to you. And just thank you so much for your time. Thank you guys very much for the opportunity. It's a treat to get to talk to, to, to both of you. I, I think the world of you ladies. So thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Brian. We had a really great time. Um, If you want to learn more about Brian, please check out his website. It's productivitygladiator.com. You can get all the information, links to his TED Talks, everything like that is in there. Um, We'll also have everything in the show notes as always. And if you want to reach out to us, you can find us on our website, workerbeing.com. You can email us at contact at workerbeing.com. Find us on social media or join our community. Thanks for listening. Thriving at Work is hosted by us, Dr. Patricia Grabarek and Dr. Katina Sawyer, 
and produced by Allie Johnson. 